you got a birthday girl here somewhere? <laughs> two birthday people in the house today. Josh Duckett and Gail Cunningham. Today. Gracing us with their presence on their birthday. Let's pray. God, I thank you for a wonderful day. I thank you for a new day. And I thank you, God, that you are here with us. I thank you for your beautiful presence. God, I pray that your presence will meet every single person. I thank you, God, that you are here with us. And God, I ask that you would have your way this morning that you would love on every single person as you would want to. That you would meet every single one as you would want to meet them. God, we glorify you and we honour you in this place today. May you be so high and lifted up in our presence today, God. May you be the centre of everything that takes place here this morning. God, we think of Phil Strong ministering in Porirua this morning. I thank you for your anointing to be with him right now. God, I thank you for the other churches that are meeting around our city, around our nation and the nations. God, we think of the uh, four other Activate churches that are meeting right now. I thank you for your presence to be with all of those churches. I thank you, God, that you would have your way in those places, that you would be glorified. I thank you, God, for lives changed. I thank you, God, that you are so for us. May every single one know that this morning, that you are so for us. I thank you, God, that we don't have to walk under any shame, under any condemnation, under any guilt, but you take that all away because of what you did, Jesus. And I thank you, God, for that. May, may we shake that off if we are holding that this morning. May we shake that off and may we walk into your loving arms. May we run into your presence boldly. I thank you, God, that we can do that because of you, Jesus. I declare your blessing upon everyone in the place today. I declare that you would be glorified. You would be lifted up. What a privilege it is to come before you this morning. Amen. Let's stand and let's worship him. Good morning.
Really? Come on, sis. I'm coming back to the start where you found me. I'm coming back to your heart. Now I surrender. Take me. This is all I can bring. to be in church. I feel alive. The good news is we are alive. It's no longer I that liveth, but Christ who lives in me, Galatians 2.20 says. Isn't that fantastic? We'll give you a very, very warm welcome to church today. If this is your first or second time at Activate Church, we'd like to give you a little gift pack so you can give me a wave. The host team will come round and 
Welcome, wonderful to have you with us this morning. If you can keep your hands up, that would be great. Some guests over here. Church, can we give our visitors a very warm welcome? Over there, some further visitors. Thank you, guys. Just over here, host team would be great. Thank you very, very much. It's cool. Okay, who's had a birthday? Just keep your hands up, guys. The host team will come your way any moment. Thank you, host team. Just while your hands are up, who's had a birthday, wedding anniversary over the last week? Wow. Okay, into the middle. Gal and Josh, wedding anniversaries. Would you like to pop into the middle? If you've had a wedding anniversary or a birthday, you can pop into the aisle here. You're gonna get a crunchy bar or a chocolate bar, whatever you'd like this morning. And then we're gonna pray and declare over you. It's your birthday, Gary. You've got to come out to the aisle, mate. A little bit different now. Let's give Gary a hand as he comes. So come and grab a chocolate bar, guys. Happy birthday. Happy winning anniversary to you guys. And we're going to pull our hands out towards these guys. And we're going to actually say a prayer of declaration over them. If I can have that on the slide, thanks. Here's the prayer. It's coming. It is coming. Father, thank you for your family. And when we do this church, I would like you to put your hands out towards these people. Let's practice that. It's looking good. Every hand out would be really, really good. And when we say, Father, thank you for your family, this is not Father, thank you for your family. This is Father, thank you for your family. Let's say it really enthusiastically. On the count of three, one, two, three. Father, thank you for your family. We declare blessing, health, favour, prosperity and protection over them this year. Activate your love and goodness through each one. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, guys, let's put our hands together and congratulate them. That is fantastic. Wonderful. Okay, activate kids. Activate intermediates in the downstairs cafe. Go and have an awesome time. But before we do that, I think it'd be good to pray, wouldn't it, Ashley? Why don't you come with one of the kids? And Ashley and the team do a wonderful job. They really, really do. Ashley, do you have enough leaders in, in kids' ministry? Not yet. Wow, here's the opportunity. Who has their children in kids' ministry? Can I see those hands? Great. Look at all of those volunteers, Ash. They all have their hands up. She's got your name. She'll see you afterwards. <laughs> okay, we're going to pray. Dear Lord Jesus, I pray for today. I pray that Activate Kids and Activate Intermediates and um, all the adults will have a good time today and um, you would touch everyone and bless them today. And I pray for a good week this week. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 He said it all. I don't need to pray. That was awesome, Dylan. Fantastic. Okay, kids, have an awesome time. That is wonderful. As the children are going, can I really encourage you to book some time in your diary on the 26th to the 28th of March. We have the School of the Spirit. There it is. There's the details. 
It's going to be a fantastic time of learning more about God and His Spirit and how He moves and how He works and how He invites us into partnership with the supernatural to see Him release, which is going to be wonderful. So I really encourage you to be part of that. It'll be a fantastic time. Jan is going to come and share about Gail's day out and about prayer. So let's give her a hand as she comes. Let's go, Jan. Good morning. We have Momentum Prayer coming up this Tuesday night. So that is our our monthly prayer service, now called Momentum Prayer. This Tuesday night, we are going to be gathering around the coffee machine at 7 o'clock. So 7 through to 8, we'll gather around the coffee machine. That's going to be pretty hard work. And we will give opportunity there if you've got any uh, questions around our recent changes, uh, then that will be a great opportunity to to ask those then. And then we're going to have some passionate prayer from 8 to 9. So 7 to 9 this Tuesday, Momentum Prayer. Also, we've got Girls' Day out coming this Saturday, ladies. So if you are 13 and up to 113, that is for you. So if you haven't registered yet, today is the last day for registration. So you do need to go to the hub straight after the service and register for that. It's going to be a fantastic day. Thank you to all of those ladies who have already registered. I'm getting so excited, so expectant. We have Pastor Kathy all set to go. She's coming and speaking to us uh, in the morning. And then we've got some fantastic electives lined up. And plus we finish off with dinner and a movie. So it's going to be a great day out for the girls. So get your registrations in if you haven't yet. Thank you, Jan. Who enjoyed the testimonies we had last week? They were so, so exciting and encouraging and activating. And at every service, we're going to have the opportunity to share testimonies. Next week, it could be you. Are you ready? And they're just wonderful times to hear what God is doing. And if God can do it last week, last month, he's certainly more than willing and active to do it again. So it's my pleasure to invite Jackie. Jackie's going to come and share with us. Let's give her a hand as she comes. Thank you, Jackie. Hi, everyone. I just wanted to share a testimony that happened a couple of weeks ago when I happened to end up in hospital just for a couple of days. And there was um, quite a full room of people in there, ladies. And I just kept praying the whole time I was there, who can I talk to and who can I pray for? And there was this one lady that sort of the Lord highlighted to me and she was sort of in the corner and she had doctors around her the whole time and curtains drawn. And um, I just said, God, you've got to do something. You know, I just can't get to her. So on the last morning, suddenly the curtains were pulled back and all the doctors and nurses left. And she just sat up in her bed and looked straight at me and she said, I've got cancer. And so I just got up and I went over and sat on her bed and I said, can I pray for you? And she said, yes, please. So then I said, um, I started to pray for her condition. And um, after I finished that, I really felt God's presence there. So I said to her, do you know Jesus? And she said, well, I knew him when I was a little girl and I went to Sunday school. So yay for Sunday school. And... Um, I chose to walk away from him. She went to another town and just forgot about God. And she was an older woman now. And I said, would you like to know Jesus again? And she said, yes, please. 
So I said, would you like to follow in a prayer with me? And she said, yes, please. So I thought, yes, please. So she followed me in a prayer and gave her heart to Jesus. And she was just so happy at the end of that. And I just prayed a blessing on her life. And, you know, I just really sense this is the season for the return of the prodigal. That I just really sense Father saying he just wants to give um, these people who have walked away from God a new cloak of identity as sons and daughters. Yeah, He's good. calling them back. And just, yeah, it's, it's just so excited to be part of that. Very Thank good. you. Awesome, man. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. Wow. Man, just imagine that happening every week. No, not every week, every day of the week. Yeah. Wow, and why not? Why not? One of the wonderful things we do at church, for those that are newer to their faith, is to give people the opportunity in a small setting to find out more about Jesus and the Bible and all that is, that is about. So we have a program called Faith 101. And if you're a part of that, as the worship commences, feel free to go into the foyer and you'll uh, be met there and taken to a room where you can have the opportunity to discover more about your new faith and Jesus. And tonight we have water baptisms. So if you haven't been water baptized, really encourage you to take the opportunity. We do water baptisms every second Sunday of the month. So if you haven't been water baptized and Sunday night is this Sunday night is too soon for you, consider next Sunday, uh, next month, the second Sunday of the month, and we'd love to stand with you in water baptism. It would be fantastic. So isn't that cool? Well, let's stand to our feet, church. We're going to worship God. And thank you, Sarah. Father God, we still ourselves in your presence. May distractions fall away. Focus on you,
Well, you're sounding great this morning, but you know, I reckon there is freedom in a kind of small F way. Freedom, there is freedom. Freedom. I reckon Jesus is freedom in a capital F kind of way. Kind of way. And I think the sound of freedom, whilst you sound this morning, freedom takes a little more effort. It's kind of got to flow out of our lungs. I think you've got to suck some air in. And then you've got to let it out. Ah! Freedom! What do you reckon? I reckon we need to live a real sound of freedom for Jesus. I tell you why. I'm not just doing this for the sake of it. I, I believe on God's agenda this morning is a paradigm shift, is a transformation of people's lives, i.e. freedom. But freedom is always a choice. You gotta step into it. I reckon we need to make a sound of freedom in this place this morning. Ready? Are you ready? You just look at me like you're terrified. Mike, do you wanna bring the lights down a bit so people don't feel quite so conspicuous? We are manufacturing privacy for you. You ready? Let's start to lift a real sound of freedom in this place, eh? Come on, Jesus! your supervision. I told social services that my name was Kevin Garrity. And of course you are not Kevin Garrity. No. So you're lying. Yes. Like the time I found a bag of pot in your underwear drawer. And you told me that you thought they were pencil shavings. Yeah. And remember when I called you up and told you that your Aunt Faye was coming to New York and I wanted you to take her around show with the city? And you said that you had better things to do, didn't you? That's right. Now I'm curious. Just what were those better things that you had to do? Jethro Tull had a reunion concert in New Jersey, so I caught that. Uh-huh. And what happened to your Aunt Faye that weekend? She died. Yes, she did. By any chance, did you happen to make it to her funeral? No. Why not? 
I went to Jones Beach, got drunk and fell asleep. Yes. <laughs> Some role model. Yeah. Your Honor, my son doesn't have health insurance. He doesn't know how to boil an egg. He filed for Social Security at the age of 30. He is a drain on the economy, on the country, and most of all, on me! Your Honor, to give this young man custody over another life is not only wrong, it's insane. Hey, I love you. What? You don't have to be scared, it's all right. What are you talking about? I'm not scared. If I get custody of Julian, I'll be his father forever. And that scares you because you think there's a good chance I might fail. Sonny, it's more than a chance. It's a certainty. You're wrong, Dad. You can be scared that I might get pickpocketed in a bad neighborhood or I might break my leg skiing, but don't be scared about me being a dad because I will not fail at that. I can't. I love this kid too much. I love him as much as you love me, Dad. And I'm gonna give him advice, and I'm gonna guide him, and I'm gonna be there for him whenever he needs me. I'll fly to New York to be at his court case, even if I disagree with why he's there in the first place. Sonny, you work in a toll booth. Don't be scared about me making money. I am in love with a beautiful girl who makes plenty of it. She'll be my sugar mama. Oh, I gotta get me one of those. I know this is the right thing to do, Dad, because I would die for this kid, just so he wouldn't have to feel one ounce of sadness. That's why you're here right now, to protect me, to be scared for me, to be a good father. And that's exactly what I'm gonna be. Oh, Dad? Yeah, I just wanted to say I love you. Hi, Mom. Could you put down the phone for a second? This flunk kind to Papa. Can I borrow that when you're done? Your Honor, my son deserves this kid. Loosely associated with my sermon this morning, but I just thought it was a good way to get your attention. Thanks, guys. Today I'm uh, wanting to address what I consider to be one of the most misunderstood, one of the most neglected uh, understandings, but perhaps revelations, in, with Christians. I think the subject today is absolutely vital for us to get hold of, and let me go out on a limb and say this morning that I think this subject is at the very root of a lot of people's struggles. A lot of Christian struggles, a lot of attitudes, a lot of behaviours. If you peel back the layers, eventually you come back to today's subject. If you're broken in any way at all, I think this is a good place for you today. Join me. We're all broken to some degree, aren't we? If you got it together, yeah, you probably, probably haven't. Actually, if you think you've got it together, you're really broken. Anyway, the sole purpose of my words today, the sole purpose of my intention is that 
is to create an environment, an environment of revelation, but I believe that God wants to do so much more. And I'm asking you right from the set, from the start, to open your hearts, open your minds to God, and allow Him to speak into you. Not only allow Him to speak into your world today, but allow Him to shift your understanding. Allow Him to shift your paradigm today. And I think we'll all be the better for it. Well, this morning I'm going back to my uh, series in the book of Ephesians. I know I said I was going to do it every week, and I've had a few weeks off. But it's because we had other things to do. But I'm back there today. So if you've got your Bibles, would you like to turn to Ephesians chapter 1? Haven't got very far. I'm up to verse 3 now. And we'll go from there. I was chatting with Simon Moitara during the week, and he was telling me that verses 1 to 14 are actually one sentence. That it's just poor waxing lyrical. He's like, he's into this. He's so excited about God and about Jesus and about what's happening, he just like unleashes on the page. It's exciting stuff. So we're going from verse 3. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Back up just a moment to verse 2. If you go into verse 2, you will see that it says, God our Father. And now in verse it's saying, God, the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's be really clear right from the start that because of Jesus, they are one and the same. Jesus, Father, our Father, both our Father. God, Heavenly Father, our Father, Jesus' Father. You just got to get that. So all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and he chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in the advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do because it gave him great pleasure. Well, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered us with kindness, along with all wisdom and understanding. God has now revealed to us his mysterious plan regarding Christ, a plan to fulfill his own good pleasure. And this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God, for he chose us in advance, and he makes everything work out according to his plan. Today, I am absolutely believing for a software update for you. You know, every now and again, your phone gets that little number on it, one, two, three, whatever, whatever it is, and it says there's a software update required. I believe today there's a software update coming. And I really want you to listen. I really want you to open your heart, open your mind, and be prepared for a software update. Now, I'm not going to give you the activation code to the update till a little bit later, but it is coming. Okay? I want to zone in on three words out of that scripture. scripture. The first one is Father. Our Father. All praise to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 2, it talks about our 
Father. The Greek word is exactly the same, the Greek language there, and it's, excuse me, Abba Patia, which literally means daddy. I love that. How many of us think about our Father in heaven as daddy? Now, I'm not being irreverent or, or just treating it too lightly because that is what the words mean. They mean our daddy in heaven. How many of us approach the Father as daddy? For most of us, that's probably a bit of a shift of thinking. It's probably a shift of, because yes, he is, we hold him in awe, and the start of uh, all wisdom, you know, is holiness, isn't it? And wisdom is honoring God, but daddy. My heavenly daddy. I love that. I really love that. How could that change your relationship with God? Going from father, father, I have a son who, my younger one particularly, who likes to call me father. Father, he says, father. Normally means he wants something. Father. But when he says daddy, well, he doesn't say daddy anymore. It's like, daddy, not going to happen. Daddy. It's like, dad. It's actually communicating something else. Our heavenly daddy. Heavenly daddy. What is our heavenly daddy like? Well, there's a whole lot of names for him in the scripture for daddy God. They go like this, Jehovah Jireh. Our dad will provide. Jehovah Rohi. Our dad is my shepherd, or my dad is my shepherd. Jehovah Rapha. The Lord our healer. Jehovah Sidkenu. The Lord our righteousness. Jehovah Kadesh. The Lord our sanctifier. Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is there. Jehovah Shalom. The Lord our peace. Jehovah Nissi. The Lord our banner. Jehovah Yahweh the self-existent one. And then jump into Exodus 34 where we spent some time a little while ago. The God of compassion, the daddy of compassion and mercy. I'm slow to anger and I'm filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. Cool, eh? I reckon our heavenly father, our heavenly daddy is amazing. I reckon he's absolutely amazing. I think his thoughts toward us are incredible, and I think the lengths he's gone to to position us so that he can operate as our father or as our daddy are absolutely extraordinary. Absolutely extraordinary. Did you realize many people in their journey get as far as Jesus came to forgive my sins? Well, he did that, but it's not why he came at all. Jesus came to reconnect us with the Father. That is why Jesus came. Sin was just something that had to be dealt with along the way because as long as sin was there, we could not reconnect with the Father. But the deal is, Jesus came to reconnect us with the Father. That was his plan and purpose. 
the life that he lived that we're asked to model? Is that about doing miracles and turning fish into bread and all that? No, no, that's incredibly inspired and we're told we'll do that and even greater. But the life that we're looking at, the model is how we relate to our Heavenly Father. How to be a son of God. How to be a daughter of God. That's what he was showing us. I love that. So many people stop at sin. It's not actually about sin. It's about relationship. It's about being reconnected with the Father. Sin just got in the way. Jesus said, I'll do whatever it takes to get rid of that. Or the Father said, let's do whatever it takes to get rid of that roadblock. But this is about reconnection. This is about relationship. This is about my church calling me daddy. When's the last time you called him daddy? We need a revelation. Our world has a massive lack of father models. And we need a revelation about the father God. Even those of us who have had great father models growing up don't have to look too hard to find imperfections. Those of us who are doing the best to be father models to our kids and beyond, you don't have to look too far to find the errors, the flaws, the imperfections. But our heavenly daddy... He's got it down. He's got it down. A revelation's required to even start to comprehend what heavenly daddy means. And I'm praying this morning, I'm believing this morning for that revelation to come. It's got to be divine. I can't explain it to your head. It's got to be divine in your heart. I can only explain so much. Father, we are open. And I'm asking for a download this morning. Software update. I'm asking for revelation to flow in this place. Jesus, may my words be the smallest part of the equation. May you be at work in every person's life, I pray. In Jesus' name. So if we go back to Ephesians, hello. If we go back to Ephesians chapter 1, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Christ. This is what he wanted to do. It gave him great pleasure. You got your hands full. <laughs> I'm doing all right. Good dance. Move around. I've had little kids too. It would be easy if God didn't give them a mind of their own, eh? So I want to get hold of three words today. The first one is father. You're getting a bit of that? Father, daddy, daddy. Daddy, father, The second word I want to look at is adopt or adopted. Adopted. The Greek word there is weothesia. And we need to look at adoption through Paul's eyes as he writes in, um, to the church here because he is writing into a Gentile church. So he's writing into a Roman slash Greek world. And adoption in that world is different than what we understand it. Now, can I just say this morning... I don't, I don't know what your personal background is and 
You may have been adopted, you may have adopted. If I say anything in the next little bit that unconsciously pushes some buttons for you or something, I'm sorry, I'm not meaning to agitate or bring anything to the service, but I just want to talk to it as it is in the scripture, okay? A current definition of adoption is the removal of a child from its biological parents to be raised by people unrelated by blood. More laterly, there is another um, definition, which is the adoption of a biologically related child into a new marriage of one of its parents. So that may be adoption as we understand it today, to some degree, but when Paul is writing, he's talking about something completely different. You see, when Paul is writing in the Scripture, in the New Testament, and he says the word adoption, he's talking about adult adoption, not children. Always adults. The New Testament idea of adoption is as an adult, as an heir. It's not as a child. In fact, in uh, Roman slash Greek times, when the Bible was written, children weren't generally adopted. Sometimes they were, but not generally if they had tragedy in their life, their parents died or something, they would end up primarily as slaves. Adoption was for adults, and adoption was an agreement between two parties. There was an adoptee and an adopter, and the adopter would want to adopt the adoptee, and the adoptee would have to consent to the process. There's actually two words in the New Testament that are used for adoption. The first one is anahito, and that's found in Acts 7.21, and that's where Stephen is recounting the adoption of Moses. And you'll find that in most, or in some translations, it'll use the word Moses was adopted, but in many translations it uses the word Moses was taken. In other words, without the consent of his mother. If you know the story of Moses, you can probably put all that together. The word that is most often used in the New Testament is the word weothesia, which is about... Adults, not children. And it was a very, very common thing in these times, adoption. Very common. Um, Weo means a son, and thesia means a placing, thus meaning adoption. There were lots of laws around adoption in the Roman world, and when you were adopted, you gained the full legal rights of the family you were adopted into. It was now like you were a naturally born child into that family. You had full rights. But it came with conditions. You had to honour your parents. You had to obey your parents. You had to live the way your parents instructed you to, etc. In the Roman world, if you did not honour your parents, if you did not lived the way they instructed you to, if you were not obedient to them, you could have your adoption revoked. Now, this is the language that Paul is using when he talks about salvation. And can I just throw out there as a thought for you? If you're once saved, always saved. That's not how adoption worked. And we're talking in relation to adoption. The adoptee had the right to be removed from the family, if they did not obey, if they did not honour their parents. I, I think actually that has huge uh, consequences for us in our faith walk and when it comes to honouring God. I don't want to put fear around it, but I'm just asking you to think it through. It's worth thinking through. 
So when you're adopted, a blood connection and often the relational connection with your former parents, your birth family, remained. However, legally and familiar ties um, to your birth family were entirely severed. So you became legally totally uh, removed from your birth family and now you were part of your new family. Absolutely, completely, legally part of the new family. Has major implications if you think through Paul's language around adoption and our salvation. We're now legally 100% part of God's family once you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour. Probably the most famous person that we would know about that was adopted was Augustus Caesar. He was born Gaius Octavius. He was adopted by his great uncle who was Julius Caesar. And then he acquired the name of Gaius Julius Caesar Octavianus. Octavianus, that didn't sound very good. Octavianus. <laughs> he would probably be the most famous we know. But it was very, very common to be adopted. So that's two words. You got father, Abba Patia, daddy, God, who has adopted us into his family, it says, because it gave him pleasure. We are now have the rights, 100% of a naturally born child in his family. That's amazing. That is amazing. But here we go. The software's downloading, but you've got to activate the software. The activation code for the revelation of the father and revelation of what it is to be adopted into his family is sonship. I'm going to use the term sonship all the way. Sorry, ladies. Daughtership's hard to say, but that's what I mean as well. It's sonship. That is the activation code, is sonship. A revelation of the father and adoption is set primarily in the environment of sonship. When I look at the modern church, when I look at believers in our current age, I believe that we're plagued with a lack of understanding of sonship. Or a lack of revelation of what sonship is. And what I'm saying today, I'm not just trying to preach you a nice sermon. I'm not just trying to be theologically correct. For me, this is a deeply personal journey. And I've spent years grappling with what it means to be a son of God. Years kind of going along that journey, trying to understand it. What's he mean? What is he saying to us when he says that we are sons of God? And, and I thought I'd made good progress on the road. I'm not sure if we ever arrived fully on that road. But I thought, you know, I've made good progress. I'm, I'm quite relaxed in who he's called me to be and what he's asked me to do. And, and then um, uh, 18 months or so ago, we started doing sozo here at church. Sozo is the word that's used in the New Testament for salvation. It actually means saved and healed. Anyway, we started this, the sozo ministry in the church here, and I thought, I should go and have a sozo session so I know if I recommend it to someone what they're going to. Because, you know, the door closes, click, Maybe they get out whipped at that point and beat you and thrash you and cast it all out of you or whatever. I don't know. I thought I'd better go and find out before I sent Caleb there. And, but it was very, very good. I recommend. I absolutely recommend to you um, doing a sozo. It's, it's very gentle. It's, uh, it's, I just recommend it. 
Anyway, so I went and I did the sozo, and, and as I went along the journey, it's kind of explorative and stuff, and I thought, yeah, that's cool. That's, some of the stuff that came up was great, and that I talked about and that I saw and some of the images I saw and the way I was relating to God. And then some, th- some things were like, wow, that was really left field. I didn't get that. But other things were like, yeah, that's really cool. Then I got to the end of my session, and the, um, the lady who was leading my session said, uh, have you got any physical sickness I can pray for you for? I thought, uh, no. And then I thought, oh, yeah, my, my blood pressure hadn't been too good. That's what happened when God asked you to lead people like you. It's like blood pressure. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's all right. My, my blood pressure had been up a bit. And the doctor had said to me, Sheridan, either you sort it out or I will. So I went and I read the pamphlet on the blood pressure pills. I thought, flip, if blood pressure doesn't kill me, these will. So, <laughs> so neither were a good, good, uh, a, a good situation as far as I was concerned. I wanted, um, don't stop taking your medication. Um, it would, I, I didn't want either. Anyway, she gets to the end and she says to me, can I pray for you for healing for anything? And I said, well, yeah, my blood pressure's a bit up. You can pray for that. She just looks at me and she goes, oh, it's no wonder with that performance thing on you. I said, what? She said, you, you've, you, you've, you've, got, you've got this performance thing driving you that you've got to please God. That's a weight that no one should be carrying. The root of this is not understanding or having a revelation of sonship. I went, oh. She said, well, we'll get rid of that, put her hands on me. She said, we lift that off him in Jesus' name, bang. So that was it. I went home. Later that afternoon, I said to Jan, I should check my blood pressure. I checked it, and it was good. I checked it again and again and again, and it was good. And it remained good. And sometimes low. Sometimes I'd stand up and get dizzy. So the last time I checked it, which was a couple of weeks ago, Dr. Marilyn tells me that 120 over 80 is good. Very good. Well, the last time I checked it a couple of weeks ago, I was 116 over 63. My heart was about 52 or something. I'm like, yeah! Lift that performance thing off anytime. That's better than pills. But it wasn't about that. It's about a revelation of sonship. It was leading to that. Who I am in God. What he expects of me. How he wants me to walk. The weight I should be carrying. The weight I shouldn't be carrying. Our identity, our self-image, our security, our true confidence, our ultimate ability to fulfill his call is all based in sonship. And knowing who we are. Our heavenly daddy. Just change the language. Father, heavenly daddy. It's not irreverent. It's what the Bible says. Our Heavenly Daddy. At a deep level, an orphan spirit is a spirit of abandonment. Here's the deal. If we're not living in sonship, by default and unavoidably, we live with an orphan spirit. If we're not living in sonship, I'll say it again because it needs to register to you. If we're not living from a place of sonship or daughtership, by default and unavoidably, we are living from an orphan spirit, a spiritually orphan spirit, which puts you under tremendous pressure in every way. Some of the, um, some of the symptoms of an orphan spirit are a lack of confidence, a crippling need of approval, the inability to empathize or to even accept others, the inability to receive or extend unconditional to lovers, to lovers, to others, unconditional love to others. 
flip two weeks in a row nearly. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything else. I'll just dig a hole. Just, just work out where I'm going. But going a bit deeper, I was doing some research and I came across Helen Calder and she is an associate of our friend Steve McCracken. And she wrote um, some comments around spiritual orphan spirit and she said this. This is some of the symptoms. If you're operating from the spirit, there'll be a competing and a needing to stand out. Spiritual orphans do not feel accepted and feel the need to prove their worth. Some of the symptoms are seeking to hide their own limitations, perceiving the strengths of others as competition, secretly taking satisfaction in the weaknesses of others, needing and seeking attention. But of course, our Father's invitation in 1 Corinthians 12 is unconditional acceptance. It's resting in our unique and God-given identity. That's sonship. The other is an orphan spirit. Number two, she'd say, the, uh, of the orphan, orphan spirit, isolation or independence. Deep down, the orphan does not feel as though he or she belongs in the family. They suffer from a sense of abandonment. The instinct of an orphan is to go it alone. Some of the symptoms are that you'll withdraw physically and emotionally from others. You'll have an attitude of independence. Yet in Ephesians 1, 5, our Father's invitation is one of an embrace. It's one of belonging to the family. Thirdly, she points out fear and insecurity. The spiritual orphan is unsure of his or her place in the family. Orphans also feel uncovered and unprotected. Therefore, their instinct is to protect themselves and their position. Some of the symptoms of this could be a constant need of reassurance by leaders. A lack of confidence in your spiritual gifts or any ministry uh, position or responsibilities that you've been given. The need to, approve, to prove themselves. Being proactive, sorry, being protective and territorial about any ministry areas or responsibilities that you carry. Yet again, in Matthew 10, 29, our Father's invitation is to come to a place of security in His love and His care and His constant oversight. The last one, performance orientation. The spiritual orphan feels rejected. The spiritual orphan feels rejected, therefore, believing that he or she must compensate by working hard or harder or performing well in order to be recognized. Symptoms, a constant drive to perform well. Judging the weaknesses or performance of other team members or leaders. Having feelings of mistrust toward others. Feeling they are going to be punished at any time. Yet our Father's invitation is undeserved grace and favor. You can see how if you're not standing, choosing to stand because of a revelation in sonship, you automatically default to an orphan spirit. It's unavoidable. Our security comes from knowing we're a son and a daughter of God Almighty. There was a mother chicken and she took pity on an orphan eagle. 
And the eagle grew up along beside her chicks, pecking and scratching in the dirt and growing. And then all of a sudden, one day, the eagle looked up and saw an eagle soaring high in the sky. And the eagle marveled. Suddenly, the world of possibility was opened up to the eagle. We've been stuck in a mindset of a spiritual orphan. When we look up and see Daddy and understand that he has adopted us full legal rights into his family and that he's calling us to walk as sons and daughters of God. Wow! That will change the way you approach nearly every part of life. I'm, I'm praying for this kind of paradigm shift today. I really believe it's God's agenda today to set people free. I believe it's God's agenda today to take people from, um, from orphan spirit to sonship. And you'll need to keep walking out of that, but it's a choice. That eagle could have remained living with the chickens or it could have flapped its wings and taken off and lived with the eagles. John 14, 18 says, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. The only way to remove an orphan spirit is via a revelation of a loving father. Daddy. That's the only way. You can rationalize it and everything else, but the only way to remove an orphan spirit is a revelation of a loving father. Activation word, sonship. Sonship. And then we've got to choose to embrace, embrace the father. It's not an automatic thing. We choose to live in the spirit of adoption. You choose to live in the spirit of adoption. You've got to own that as a personal statement. I choose to live in the spirit of adoption. You choose to live in the spirit of adoption. Sadly, there's many sad stories around that uh, I've heard of or read or something where a family has adopted a child and for whatever reason that child, as it grows, does not uh, embrace the love or the values of the new family. And they continue living according to the values of an orphan. We have exactly the same choice to make. One of the things that's helped me most and in my journey is, uh, I, I can't even remember when it happened, but it was just like a switch went on and the Holy Spirit spoke to me very clearly about the fact that I am a son of God working in the family business. Now, I'm not referring to church here, okay? I'm not referring to my position. I'm referring to I'm a son of God operating in the call he has on my life. So I am a son working in the family business. I am not an employee. I am not a slave. I am a son. I've worked in enough business places to know that the boss's kids behave differently from employees. Sometimes they're right little punks, but that's beside the point. <laughs> but they, they behave differently because there's no sense of, it's just they're there on a totally different prayer. It's not even about what they do. It's about who they are. 
It's not about them clocking in at nine and slaving their guts away and slaving their guts all day to produce whatever and out the other end because they're not a slave. They're not an employee. They are a son. Now, one would hope with a revelation of being a son, they would clock in at Habar 7 and work even harder. But it's for totally different motivation. It's because they're part of the family business and they're working with daddy. It's not because they have to, it's because they want to. And we've got to live with the want to. We've got to live with it. It's a massive shift. I'm a son in the family business. That's what I am. Talk about lifting performance off. I don't have to perform to please my dad. He's just pleased. Might not like everything I do, but he's pleased. My kids don't have to perform to please me. I just love them. I like it when they perform. That was not an uh, excuse not to work hard. <laughs> I like it when they perform. I like it when they do well. But I love them. Come what may. They're my boys. That's how God feels about us. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and he chose us. We looked at chose the other day. In Christ, to be holy and without fault in his eyes, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he had to do because he felt bad for us. No. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. You're a son, you're a daughter of God by choice, both sides. You choose, he chose. By choice. I love that. Musos can come if you'd like to. It'd be great. Thanks. This whole sonship thing is like a bank account. It's one thing knowing you've got a million dollars in the bank. It's something else accessing it and spending it. Sonship is your million-dollar bank account. But how many of us actually access it and live in it and live from it? It's a choice. It's an absolute choice. We need a revelation of the Father. We need to understand that Jesus' purpose was to reconnect us with the Father. That's a revelation in its own right. And then we need to allow a revelation of sonship to flow. I want to activate this truth physically. And I'm not going to embarrass you in any way, shape, or form. But if in any way these thoughts around sonship, because that is the activation, you've got daddy, you've got the fact that he's adopted us into his family, sonship is the activation, it's the choice to live in that place. Sonship or an orphan spirit. If in any way that has challenged you internally, your stirred thoughts internally, can you stand to your feet right now? We're going to do something physical. I'm not going to embarrass you in any way, so don't fear anything. But we're going to step, we're going to take an activation to activate something of the Spirit today. If in any way that has stirred you, stand to your feet. What I want us to do is I literally want us to take off, I'll tell you when, 
I literally want us to take off the jacket of an orphan spirit and shake it to the ground. And then we're going to put on the spirit of sonship. And you know the beauty of when you put it on, you just hold your arms out. And Jesus comes and he just lifts the jacket up over you and puts it on your shoulders. I love Joseph and the coat of many colors. I love that there's something really, really profound about that story. When he put that jacket on, there's a statement of identity there, of sonship. Some commentators would say that Joseph was actually illegitimate, but beside all of that, when he put the coat on, it was a statement. My dad gave me this coat. I'm special. I'm my dad's favorite kid. Well, we're all our dad's favorite kid going to put it on so can I encourage you close your eyes take hold of the scruff of your jacket spiritually and let's take that jacket of an orphan spirit off pull it back off your shoulders drop it down off your arms and shake your arms so that thing falls on the floor we declare it to be gone in Jesus name and father as a new jacket comes on I ask for there to be a revelation, a spiritual transaction that would take place, a spiritual activation in Jesus' name. Why don't you hold your arms out and just allow Jesus to slide. Feel him sliding the coat of sonship up your arms, over your shoulders, and then just pull the lapels round. And it feels good. It's made to fit you perfectly because it was made for you. Holy Spirit, seal that divine transaction this morning in Jesus' name. That there would be a transition this morning that would be one way only. And it would be into freedom it would be into the fullness of daddy's kingdom. It would be all question, doubt of our adoption would be gone in Jesus' name. From this day forward, we would walk confidently with our head high, like the eagle. Whole new outlook in front of us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you take a seat and I have used my time, but I just want to read you the story because it's really, really easy to sit and to, to process this through and go, yeah, well, when I'm a young Christian, that would affect me and I'm older and I'm mature. It, it doesn't necessarily. And I found when I was researching for today, I found this testimony from Derek Prince. Derek Prince is probably one of the, the greatest Bible teachers of our age. And if you think anyone had it all totally together, you'd think he did. This is what he writes. He writes, My understanding of God was revolutionized by a personal experience in 1996. So he was quite an old man at the stage. Ruth and I had been sitting up in bed one morning praying together as we normally do, and I became aware of a powerful force at work in my feet and lower legs. And it moved upward until my whole body was forcibly shaken by it. 
Ruth told me later that the skin on my face changed to a deep red, but at the same time I was aware of an arm stretched out towards my head, seeking to press down something like a black skull cap upon me. For a few moments there was a conflict between these two forces. Then the power at work in my body prevailed and the arm with the skull cap was forcibly taken away and vanished. Immediately, without any mental response or reasoning, I knew that I could now call God my Father. I'd used the phrase, our Father, for more than 50 years. Doctrinally, I was clear about the truth. I'd even preached a series of three messages on knowing God as Father. But what I received at that moment was a direct personal revelation. Let me share with you my interpretation of this experience. I was born in India and spent five years of my life there. Twenty years later, after I was saved and baptized in the Holy Spirit, I became aware of some dark shadow from India that always hung over me. I understood it was one of, the, one of India's gods that had followed me through life, seeking to oppress me. There was one particular way this god oppressed me. Every morning I would awake with a dark foreboding or something evil awaiting me, of something evil awaiting me, waking me, sorry, awaiting me. It was never anything precise, just some amorphous darkness. This unknowing evil never actually happened, but every day the foreboding was there. After I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, the foreboding diminished in intensity, but it never disappeared. I did, however, discover that if I set my mind to praise and worship, the foreboding would lift from me, yet it always was back the next morning. The day that black skull cap was pulled away from the, the foreboding vanished, never to return. And from that morning, it became completely natural for me to now address God as Father or my Father. I now have a personal relationship, not just a theological position. I've been enjoying this new relationship for about two years. Ever since I was saved, I believed that if I continued faithfully to the Lord, I will go to heaven when I die. But I never really thought of heaven as my home. After that arm with the black skull cap was taken away, however, it has now become natural to view heaven as my home. Shortly afterwards, I said to Ruth, when I die, if you want to give me a tombstone, you can just write, gone home. Cool, eh? There is no fear, there is no shame whatsoever saying, Father, I'm here in my journey, I'm stuck here, and I now see this, I should, I want to be here. No matter what age, stage, anything else in our faith journey we are, God wants to take us from glory to glory to glory to glory. That's what happens when we journey with Daddy. We've got to remember, our identity is about whose we are. We are chosen. We are adopted. We are sons and daughters of God Most High. Can I ask you just to bow your heads for a moment, please, because there were people here this morning and you may not be in relationship with Jesus Christ. You may have never asked Him to walk with you, to be part of your journey. There will be others here this morning, and you have, but for whatever reason, you've stepped away. This 
morning, I want to give you the opportunity, not only the opportunity, I want to ask you to choose Jesus. Why did he come? Why did he die on the cross? To connect you with your father, your heavenly daddy. And you and I are designed to walk with God. We're designed to walk with God on the good days, the bad days, and every other day. And each of it has often said that we have this, this, this void in our life that can only be filled by God. Well, that's the truth. You can look everywhere and try everything, but you won't fill that void with anything but God. And this morning, He wants to take hold of you. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, whatever's going on in your world, He's holding out His hand just simply waiting for us to reach back and take his hand and that is the invitation take the hand of God say thank you to Jesus for everything that he's done to allow you to now be in connection with God and then to walk life's journey with him this morning if you've never made that decision or as I said for whatever reason you've stepped away and today you're going to make that decision to step back into relationship with Jesus, I'm going to ask you in just a moment to hold your hand up. And when you hold your hand up, you're saying, you're not responding to me, you're responding to Jesus. You're saying, Jesus, I choose you. We're on this journey together. Let's go. I thank you for everything you've done. Thank you for connecting me to the Father today. Let's go. My experience is that when the Holy Spirit wants to nudge me to do something, I normally become uncomfortable. You could be sitting there right now. Your heart might be going 100 miles an hour. Your hands could be sweating. You have this deep knowing in you that, man, I need to do something. The other knowing is probably I'm too scared to do something. Can I encourage you this morning when I ask you to lift your hand, push through the fear, say, Jesus, this is all about you. This is about walking with you. It's about receiving your gift. It's about choosing you. In a nutshell, that's the invitation today. You want to choose Jesus? You've chosen him for eternity. We also have the other side of the coin, just like sonship and orphan spirit. You can say, Jesus, I don't want anything to do with you. That also has eternal, eternal consequences. And I pray you don't go there. If you want to respond to Jesus, can you please lift your hand now so I can see it, so I can acknowledge you? be the first time, could be coming back. Thank you so much. I see your hand. That is awesome. I've seen one person respond. Three people respond so far. Fantastic. That's great. Anyone else this morning? I'm only going to wait a few seconds. Thanks. I see your hand. That is awesome. I've seen four people respond this morning. Five more seconds. Take some courage if you need to. You're responding to Jesus. Fantastic. Church, I've seen four people respond to Jesus this morning. Why don't you give them the biggest hand? I asked a couple of people beforehand to watch out for you so they can... We want to help you any way we can in your spiritual journey. 
And uh, so they will connect with you after the service. If they don't, please feel free to come and see myself or Jan or Ray or Wendy or someone down the front. We would love to help you any way we can. Father, I pray that today will be transformational, that they haven't just been words that would bounce off our minds, that would stir our minds, that would stir some thoughts. Holy Spirit, I'm asking for revelation today that would shift people from an orphan spirit to sonship. I'm asking for a revelation today, Holy Spirit, that'll take people from bondage to freedom, from insecurity to security, from father to daddy. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give Pastor Sheridan a big hand this morning. Thank you, Sheridan. Wonderful. That's really, really cool. Well, this evening, we invite you to come along to church at 6 p.m. We have Luke Furbro who will speak, be speaking. So that'd be wonderful. We look forward to doing that. So that's great. Um, also, we're going to be standing to our feet shortly and singing. But do you know what? We want to give the opportunity for people to come to the front and receive prayer. I've just got a hunch that there might be one or two people that have some headaches. I think God wants to make you better. I think it's good. And there's one or two people with some high blood pressure. Well, Pastor Sheridan would love to pray for you. So that would be very, very cool. So why don't we stand to our feet, church, and uh, let's sing. And uh, as we go, you have the opportunity to give in the giving stations in the foyer. There's one in this foyer over here, and there's also one in the main foyer. And... um, just ask you to take the opportunity. So let's stand to our feet and uh, we'll sing. And if you do have need for prayer, whatever it may be this morning, headaches, blood pressure, relationships, sonship, mothership, big ship, (laughs) fish and chips, God is here. God is with us. Thank you, Sarah.